hands and just tell God how much you need them. Come on, right where you are, no matter your age or whatever, just tell the Lord that you need him. Let him know that you need him, that you can't make it. You can't make it. You can't breathe without him. You can't move without him. You can't think without him. You can't talk like you need him. We need him. We need him. We need him. Oh God, we need you. We need you. We need you. We need you. Your presence is what makes the difference. Your presence it's what makes the difference. Lord, we need you. Yeah. Yeah, we need you, Lord. We need you. 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 of God right where you are. This is the case. He said it's nothing like his presence because his presence is what makes the difference. His presence is what makes the difference. And if you invite him in, no matter where you are, oh God, he will meet you right where you are. And if you haven't already, go ahead and share this, tag somebody else in this worship experience um, so that their life can be changed for the better. So that their life can be changed for the better. Once you do that, whatever other device that you have in your hand, use that um, to be able to grab your Bibles and go with me to Proverbs 31. Um, just two verses, Proverbs 31. Verses 8 and 9, Proverbs 31, verses 8 and 9. 
As you're looking for that, I want to thank you on behalf of Mother Algie and her family. A few months ago, her brother went home to be with the Lord, and um, as always, Team Holtwell uh, was there. Even though we were not physically there, um, she and her family definitely felt the love and the gratitude and the appreciation, um, and she just wants to let you know, Holtwell, thank you, and that she loves you so much. I tell you, that has been the hardest part um, of being a pastor during these times, that when your members are in trouble and they have crisis that comes up, I'm not able to be there like I would. I wasn't able to be there for her um, at the home going service of her brother. If it had been different situations, she know um, that we would have been there, but we were definitely represented. Um, and I thank you so much, Hopewell, for members and leaders for reaching out and letting her know that you were praying for and that you were there for her. Uh, that means more than you know. That means more than you know. And so even though that time has already passed, we want to continue um, to keep them lifted in prayer as they're making an adjustment, um, as they're making an adjustment to this new way of living uh, without someone um, that they've been so used to having um, in their life. So again, Team Hopewell, thank you for being you. Thank you for being great. And I love you as your pastor uh, for doing just that. Listen, it's the last Sunday of February. Can you believe it? Tomorrow will be a whole new month. Yeah, it'll be a whole new month. And so this brings it, this brings Black History Month to a close, or really it doesn't have to be. It can be every day um, that we're learning about our history and showing appreciation and gratitude for those that have paved the way and, and did certain things so that we could be able to have the advantages and the privileges that we have right now. I tell you, this whole month, just these past few months, this is this is this time that we're living in right now has really caused me um, to have a greater appreciation for the African American um, church. Not just because of the documentary that came out a few weeks ago last week, uh, but just I'm a product of the African American church. I've been in the black church all of my life, and I thank God um, that I am a product of the African American church. I know, I know, we're talking about the big church. We're all a part of the body of Christ, absolutely. But I thank God, I thank God uh, for the local church and I thank God for the black church. And in honor of that, you see me in this role that my wonderful mother-in-law, I tell you, I got one of the best mother-in-laws this side of heaven. She loves me and I love her right back. Um, but it was a tradition back in the day that you didn't see um, a lot of pastors just approaching the sacred desk just wearing um, whatever. They Most times they may have had on suits, but majority of the time they wore robes because it was so important that people People did not see us, um, but they saw the God that we were representing. So in honor of just previous pastors that passes back in the day that paved the way for where we are um, today, I wear this robe um, in honor of them just to bring it back. I believe that's such a lost art now uh, within the black church, uh, within the church in general, the art of pastoring. Everybody want to be preachers and celebrities, but no one wants to pastor and to love on God's people. So we want to bring that, we want to bring that back in style in pastoring. Amen. So grab your Bibles. I've done enough talking. Amen. Proverbs 31. Proverbs 31. As we continue in part three of our series entitled The Fight Continues. Proverbs chapter 31, just two verses, verses eight through nine. It says this, speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. Ensure justice for those being crushed. Yes. Speak up for the poor and the helpless and see that they get justice. Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. Ensure justice for those being crushed. Yes, speak up for the poor and helpless and see that they get 
justice. As we are in part three of our series entitled The Fight Continues, I want uh, I want to use for a title and at the same time ask a question. Have we lost our voice? Have we lost our voice? Just to kind of recap where we've been at the past two to three weeks, I just want to briefly recap. Week one, we talked from the subject, somebody has to care. If you remember two weeks ago, we talked about that, and we looked at the life of Moses right from the beginning in Exodus chapter 2, verses 11 um, through 12, when Moses saw one of his people, someone who was like him, that was being being dealt with unjustly. Moses, the Bible says that he became angry. He had rage. Righteous anger. Pastor, what is righteous anger? Righteous anger is that what bothers God bothers us. And because Moses knew that this bothered God, that this brother is being beat up on because of his race, Moses became righteously angered by that. And he did not just become angry. He had empathy. What does empathy mean, Pastor? He was able to place himself in the shoes of his dear brother. He was able to place himself in the shoes, in the mindset, in the headspace of the one that was being dealt with unjustly and the Bible says that it was not just enough for him to be angry it was not just enough for him to have empathy but Moses showed action he saw the issue he alleviated the problem now once again I have to say this over and over again because I'm not giving you the license to go and take anybody's life I want you to be able to see the other side of the text is that Moses must move to action he did something about what was going on to so one that was like him. He did something about what was going on in the life of someone that he was connected to. Brothers and my sister, please understand that it's not just enough for us to be upset. It's not just enough for us to be able to place ourselves in somebody else's shoes, but it should lead us to action. Somebody put action in the comment section. It should lead you to action to do something to solve the issue that they are experiencing in their life. We need some more Moses is today in 2021. We need some Moses right now who will not back down, who will go in and help solve issues, who will take a stand, who will use their place of influence to help bring about a change in somebody else's life. So not only do we have to care because that yet still is a concern that somebody has to care. Somebody has to be bothered by what we are seeing in our world today. Somebody has to be bothered by the issues that we are continuing to see day after day, week after week, month after month, generation after generation. Somebody has to care and caring is not just enough. Somebody has to be willing. We talked about this last week. Someone must be willing to fix the road. Somebody say, fix the road. Oh, somebody say, fix the road again. We must be willing to be like the good Samaritan and help the individual that's there on the side of the road, that's there on the side of the road. I I thought about this after Sunday, and I wish the Holy Spirit had brought it to my mind while I was preaching, but I thought about it for a second. Why didn't the priest stop and help? Why didn't the uh, uh, the temple assistant stop and help this man? Now, I know if you know your Old Testament history, you realize and know that they had beat this brother to the point that hey, they had left him on the road. They left him there to die. As, as the priest, as the temple assistant are walking past and they walk over him and they see him, they probably thought in their minds that they were all, that he was already dead. And they realized and knew that as 
as officials of the temple that we are not to come in contact with anything that's dead. Oh, they, 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 were, they were trying to hold on to the law and do their due diligence and do what they were supposed to do. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's the reason why. But can I tell us something? That now in the times that we're living in, we are going to have to be willing to get in the mud. We're going to have to be willing to get our hands dirty. We're going to have to be willing to step into some dead situations to help bring some life, to help bring some hope. That no longer are we going to be able to excuse ourselves and think the problem is going to be fixed. No, ma'am. No, my brother. No, my sister. You and I can no longer use excuses of why we're not taking action. Because I told you last Sunday that excuses don't fix anything. If they do anything, the main thing that they do is that they prolong situations even longer than what they already are. We looked at last week as well that excuses would do just that. But we also realized that we, we, you and I cannot fix what we fail to ignore. Oh, if we keep on ignoring, if we keep on looking past it, we keep on turning the blind eye, we, 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 we keep on flipping over, we keep on scrolling past. No, it's not going to happen until we deal with the matter, until we see it, until something within our hearts are pricked to move us to do something. Which leads me to the question today, have we lost our voice? Have we become so privileged? Have we become so accustomed to living in comfort that now we done moved on up like George Jefferson and, we're, and we finally got our piece of the pie. All is well in the world now because I'm good. I got, I got my degree. I got, I got my master's. I got my job. I got my house. I got my spouse. I got my son. I got my daughter. I got my, na- I got, I, I got my dog named Pee Wee. I got all those things going for me now, but because I made it, I'm good. Now, no, 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 my brothers and my sisters, it's not just about you being good. It's not just about you making it. It's not about the initial act, but it's about what do we need to do in using our voices to be able to fix the roles so that everybody can have the opportunity to be able to get a piece of the pie. It's not enough that you've made it. What are you doing from your sphere of influence to help somebody else come up and make it as well? What are you doing? and using your voice to make sure that unjust systems are being corrected so that everybody can be able to have a chance. I like this right here because when we think about Proverbs 31, we immediately think about the woman. We immediately think about the virtuous woman. But I'm so glad that King Limeril, that he understands that as his mother writes writes these poetic words to him and and begins to share these things with him, she lets him along. Before he even gets to talking about the virtuous woman, his mother, his mother, a wise woman she had to be, begins to talk to him and shares some wisdom with him. And she says this in verses 8 through 9. She says, speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, ensure justice for those being crushed. Yes, son, speak up for the poor and helpless and see that they get 
justice. I said this last week and it still remains to be said today. To know what is wrong and to remain silent is a sin. To know that something is wrong. To know that there are systems in place that goes against God's law and not say anything to know that there are systems in place that crush people and intentionally reject them and deject them and not say anything as believers of Jesus Christ is a sin. I know, I know, I know. We think that sin is just sex, drugs, and rock and roll, but sin is when you see something, you hear something that goes against the word of God, the standard of God's word, and we say absolutely nothing. My brothers and my sisters, you may not be into sex, you may not be into drugs, you may not be into rock and roll, but because you did not use your voice, you, ma'am, you, sir, have now just sinned. Have we, as the church, the believers of Jesus Christ, lost our voice? Oh, I'm so afraid. I was selling my cousin, Pastor Frederick Fluker, all the way in Holly Springs, Mississippi, from the Strawberry Missionary Baptist Church. We were talking last week, and I was saying, man, I'm so scared. I'm so nervous now because we're in these virtual sanctuaries all over the world that we are so caught up in the likes. We're so caught up in the shares. We're so caught up in making sure that what we present is attractive, that, that will cause other people to want to stop at our stream and watch our services. And that's absolutely right. We have a team here at Hopewell to make sure that our presentation is top-notch that it's done in the spirit of excellence and that it is attractive. But however, if the content mm -hmm. that we bring is not there, mm -hmm. our presentation and the hard work that we have put in is none and void. Pastor Swims, what are you saying? If we're not using our platform to be able to use the word of God to assess what's going on in our world now and to help bring our world in line with the justice systems of God's word, that we are not using our platform to be able to make him famous and we're only after trying to be popular and not trying to be biblical. It's not about the likes, it's not about the shares. But how can we use our platform, even on social media, even on Zoom, even on the conference call, how can we help not only to ensure that people's souls are saved, but to be able to help them live a better quality of life right here on earth? The question has to be asked, Pastor Swims, hurry up, sir, because you're getting on my nerves preaching about this stuff. What is justice then? I like what the Reverend Dr. Tony Evans says. He says, justice is the equitable and impartial fair application of God's moral law in society. Let me say it again. Justice, he also goes on to add on there, biblical justice is the equitable and impartial fair, uh, impartial meaning fairness or just application of God's moral law to society. Justice is a part of God's nature. 
Justice is a part of God's character. We will go and we will talk about that he is a just God. We will say that when we get in trouble and think that we are messed up and we will say that to thank God he is a just God, that he is a compassionate God, that he is a merciful God, that he is a kind God, that he is a loving God. Justice is a part of God's character. But here it is, saints of God. Let's flip the script for a moment. Let's not just use justice for us when we're in trouble. <laughs> because we done got tangled up in our own fleshly desires. But let us use justice to be able to help someone else have an equal right and an equal playing field. What are we doing? To speak against unfair systems. Ooh, God. And when I speak about unfair systems, thank you, Holy Spirit, we're not just talking about unfair systems in the world, but what are we doing to talk about and to address the unfair systems in the church? <laughs> oh, we don't want to talk this morning, but we're going to talk anyway because I got the mic, praise the Lord. So we're going to go ahead and have a conversation anyway. Yes, what are we going to do in using God's word, in taking God's word to make sure, not just in our community, not just in our city, but what are we going to do to make sure that in the church, that justice is being served. Pastor, what do you mean by that? There are so many people that go back and forth and have different dialogues and depending on your denomination, depending on your background and how you grew up and what you know and how you interpret the Bible. So many go back and forth about a woman's role within the church and what a woman can do and what she can't do. And that if it's Women's Day, then they can be able to have a speaker come in. But if they have a speaker come in, she got to speak from the floor because she can't be behind a sacred desk because she's a woman. But but at the same time, when it comes for tithes and offering, we want the woman to be able to give her tithes and offering. When it comes to, when it comes to serving in the ministry, them to be able to serve in the ministry to use their gifts, their talents, and their abilities, but yet we have an unequal playing field yeah, okay. when it comes to a woman's role and what she can or cannot do within the church. Here it is. Let me just go ahead and use our context for a second. I realize that within the church, especially the African-American church, yes, we come to lift up the name of Jesus, but there would not be a black church if that was not for black women. Right, right. I, what a, what a, there would not be a church if there were not for the sisters. There were women back in the day in the history, and it's in the history within Holwell that when they were building a building across the street, that there were ladies out there fixing food for the workers and making sure they were refreshed to have something cold to drink while they were working. If we're going to look for justice, please make sure that we're being dual in our actions, that we're seeking justice on the outside as well as in the inside. He says, so speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. Ensure justice for those being crushed. Yes, speak up for the poor and helpless and see that they get justice. Not only do we need to seek justice, but here it is, saints of God. We also need to use our influence to help bring about justice. What is influence in, Pastor Jones? I thank God for my good friend and brother, the Reverend Dr. John Faison. He says this, influence is a God-given capacity to make a godly impact that changes everyone and everything we touch. Mm. Yes. Influence. 
It's a God-given capacity to make sure to make a godly impact that changes everyone and everything that we touch. Here it is, saints of God, no matter who you are, no matter where you come from, all of us have a sphere of influence that God desires for us to be able to use for others and not just ourselves. We have to get out of this. We have to get out of this selfish gospel where everything is about me and me making it and me arriving. What we begin to realize that it's not just about us. Maybe it's like Joseph, that God allowed you to get to where you are, not just to show that you made it, but to be there so that you can be able to help somebody else. Because truth be told, if Moses had not gotten to Egypt to be able to have the storehouse of grain, there would have been a city, there would have been a nation, a people that would have died. God wants you. God wants me. God wants us to use our sphere of influence to help somebody else come up yeah thank you lord wants us to use our impact our capacity to make a godly impact that we're not using our influence to be able to influence someone else for our own selfish desires and selfish endeavors mm -hmm. but we're not using our influence to let you know hey i helped you get to where you are don't forget right. <laughs> if that's the case keep it. I will go ahead and try to do this on my own. But we need people who will be unselfish and say, listen, God done put me here, and because God has put me here, I'm trying to get everybody on as much as I can. Mm -hmm. Godly impact that changes everyone and everything that we touch. Mm -hmm. I gotta ask the question again. Have we lost our voice? Have we lost our voice? Are we more are we more concerned about being popular than we are about people? Are we more concerned about being like? Are we too nervous to speak out? Uh, 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 speak out concerning a certain thing because we know if we do, we're going to get a whole bunch of backlash. Have we lost? Have we have we allowed fear to strangle our voices and stop us from talking? about certain things that need to be talked about and things that need to be discussed because we're intimidated. Have we, the church, lost our voice? Have we remained silent because if I say something, then certain friendships will be lost? If I say something, assistance and help that we may get <laughs> may be cut off. Have we lost our voice? Here it is. We're to use our voice mm -hmm. and our influence for the poor, for the lower class, for the young, for the wrong race, for the wrong sex, for the mentally handicapped, for the children, for the elderly, and for those being intimidated by the system, by the situation. God has shown us in his word that we are to use our voice and our influence not for the privileged, but those that have been rejected, those that have been dejected, those that no one else wants to deal with, those that have been overlooked, those are the ones 
that we should be raising our voice to ensure that they get the equitable treatment that they need. That they get the justice that they need. That they get the help and the assistance that they need. Have we, have you lost your voice, our voice? We can't remain silent anymore. Because to remain silent is to sin. And to sin is to displease God. But pastor, how do we regain our voice? We repent. God, we repent, Lord. Forgive me for not speaking up when I should have. God, forgive me for being more nervous and scared and afraid of a group of people more than I was you. God, we repent for being selfish and self-centered and only thinking about ourselves and what benefited us or trying to figure out what we can gain from it rather than being people-centered. And thinking about how this can help somebody else, even if I don't get anything out of it at all. But knowing that I use my voice, knowing that I open up my mouth, knowing that I use my sphere of influence to help somebody else. To help make an impact. To help bring a change in somebody else's life. Well, Pastor, how do I... How do, I, how do I apply this? Same response I've been giving you for the past two weeks. Join me on the social justice team. Email me. I had one individual email me. We had a Zoom this past week. It was awesome. A young, educated black brother that wants to be involved. Not just involved in doing social justice, but said, Pastor, I want to grow in my relationship with God. I said, we got a double win right here. Email me, swims at hopewellmb.org. Look for individuals. No excuses because everything's virtually now. No excuses. Attend city council meetings, attend school board meetings. We're still, we're still, we're still in the growing process with all of this. We're just getting our feet wet. Being informed. We're going to talk about, oh, well, they're not doing this, they're not doing that. Let's be informed and see what we need to do to help bring about change. People talk all the time, we need more black police officers. Haven't you heard they're hiring now officers? <laughs> Have you shared that on social media? Have you told another brother or sister of color to apply? We want to use our sphere of influence to be informed so that we can move to action. We want to use our sphere of influence to gain the knowledge necessary so that we can discern and see, okay, God, do we make partnership? Do we get some volunteers? Do we raise money? What do we need to do to help bring about change? I need you on the team. Still at the groundworks, I need you on the team so that we can be represented and know what's going on. It is so important for the church to know the pulse of the community that they serve in. 
be the sons of Issachar, we'll know. We'll know how to respond. We'll know what to do. Now, have I heard so many people preach that from Chronicles about the sons of Issachar, and they made it seem as if it's just as, it's a distinguished anointing that just falls upon one person. Notice the word sons of Issachar. They knew when the anointer had left Saul and God was going to raise up Deborah and they stood behind Deborah as a female judge. I'm a high-fiver when I get to heaven because I can't imagine what she probably experienced being in a male-dominated society as a woman taken up to be a judge and to lead God's people. I need your help. Email me. Pastor Swims at hopewellmb.org. Let's get our feet wet. Let's use our voice. Pastor, how do I get my voice back? We repent. Then we start praying for boldness. And when I say boldness, let me help us out real quick. When I say boldness, I'm just saying courage to be able to respond in a different manner than what you normally would. When I say boldness, I'm not talking about you coming in, busting over, busting doors and kicking stuff and coming in and cursing. No, go back home and get saved real quick, then come back. You're trying to get us arrested. We're not trying to go to jail. But boldness, the courage to be able to stand up and say, you know what, I, something's not right. We're seeing people being overlooked. We're seeing a demographic of people being overlooked. We're seeing a side of town being overlooked. Something has to be done. We're seeing kids that have a disadvantage. We're seeing kids that don't have what they need to go back to school. 1,500 backpacks were given out this year in August. 1,500 backpacks. We went up 500. And we're already at over 800 backpacks we already got to get to that 1,500. Want to make an impact. We want to influence. We want to use our sphere of influence to change. We want to use our voice to bring about a change. So we got to repent. Then we got to pray for boldness. And then lastly, we got to act. <laughs> Ain't no, there's no point of repenting and, and praying for boldness if we don't do nothing. Right. We need to act. Got to start moving. What do I need to do? I don't know about going to meetings. You know, you know the impact and the difference that you can make from your sphere of influence, from your experience, from things that you have gone through and made it through or going through, that you can connect with someone else and you can be their Naomi, you can be their Paul and impact their life through mentorship. We overlook the small things. We're looking to be grand, but we, we, we miss the small things. One-on-one -on -one contact, mentorship. That can change somebody's life forever. If you're watching this right now, my brother, my sister, can I tell you something? You thought you'd been living, but let me tell you, you have not lived until you ask the Lord Jesus Christ into your life. 
Until he has come in, all you've been doing is existing. Because real living starts when you say, God, I'm tired of trying to figure this stuff out on my own. Tired of trying to lead my own life, trying to do stuff my way because it ain't working. And you ask him into your life, you ask him into your heart. You don't have to walk down. We're not in the building yet, but you, you don't have the advantage of walking down the aisle and shaking the preacher's hand. That's all great and fine, but shaking the preacher's hand does not save you. Being baptized does not save you. What saves you is when you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. You say, Lord, I'm nothing without you. And he comes in and sanctifies you and, and, get, and, and prepares us. And I, know, I know we use the thing, well, I, when I get myself together, then I'll do it. We will never and nor will we ever create it to get ourselves together. Do you ever tell your cell phone to fix itself? No. If there's an issue with my phone, my phone cannot fix itself. Someone on the outside has to push the button to reset the phone from the outside. It's what Jesus does for us. It's what he did for us on the cross. He did a divine reset on the cross for each and every last one of us. Knowing that we were sin, knowing that some would, would some that, knowing that some would have rejected, but he still died for you and I. Today can be your day of salvation. Put in the comment section. Pastor, I want to be saved today. Inbox us. We'll connect you with someone from our team.